Blog Talk Radio. Hello, goddesses, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to Girl Power Hours Awaken the Goddess Within. It's sponsored by And Now You See Me on Etsy. Speaking of now and now you see me, I wanted to give you guys another reminder to be sure to check out Cherie Moss's shop and Now You See Me on Etsy. Uh, remember, if you see something you like because you're listening, you get a 10% discount on anything that you want to purchase. So if you see something you like, great, grab it. Enter the discount code GODDESS, G-O-D-D-E-S-S, to receive a 10% discount. That's just one of the perks of listening to Awaken the Goddess Within. Um, before I get to today's show and our very special guest, Lynette Duncan, who, by the way, is an evolutionary astrologer, master hypnotherapist, and spiritual life coach, I want to remind you all that next week is Psychic Wednesday. Again, we have Elizabeth Harbin, our favorite psychic, on. Uh, she will be giving you uh, an opportunity again to get your free psychic reading, so that's why I'm giving you this reminder now. So you can set a reminder on your phone or your computer or whatever and and remember that uh, you can call in. And let me give you that call-in number. You might even want to use this call-in number today to speak to our special guest. So let me give you this call-in number now. So if you do set a reminder on your phone or if you have pen and paper next to you, you can write this down, 646-668-8327. I'll say that again, 646-668-8327. And remember that next week you can call in, talk to Elizabeth Harmon, and get a free psychic reading. We do that twice a month, every first and third Wednesday of the month. Uh, Elizabeth comes on and we, we talk about moon cycles, we talk about angel numbers, we talk about whatever's going on in the, in the world and the universe that she or I or both of us feel guided to discuss. And then when you call in, you get a free psychic reading from Elizabeth. So hopefully you'll remember to do that. Um, also be sure that you're following us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash girl power half hour to stay updated on show news, updates, and upcoming guests. And of course, speaking of guests, uh, we have a very special guest on today's show coming to us from beautiful Alaska. Lynette Duncan is joining us to talk about that powerful and rare super blue blood moon and the lunar eclipse that we experienced this morning. I hope all of you had a chance to see that, uh, charge up some crystals, and uh, tap into that energy. From what I've read, it's going to be four more days of that energy coming in, but I know Lynette's going to give us all kinds of information uh, about what this means for us. Lynette, welcome to the show. As I said earlier, I'm so grateful to have you on. So again, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say hello to everybody that is listening today, and I feel so honored to actually be here and to have this experience and to be able to share um, what I have to offer today and to share in the vibration that you're all bringing to the show. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much for saying that. Yeah, I have, I'm a huge fan. I've been uh, following you on Instagram and everything that you share and uh, been trying to make sure that people know on our page and on my personal Instagram to follow you. And I'm certainly recommending anyone out there listening right now, if you're not currently following Lynette Duncan on Instagram, follow her. She's, she is listed as Oracle of Your Soul, so you can find her that way on Instagram. Uh, but before we get started on the, the moon topic today and all the energy information you're going to give us, all this, all these shifts and changes and things that are happening for us, um, 
I want to ask a few questions about you because I've had a few listeners who are really excited uh, about the show as well and the information you're going to share. Uh, they were unfamiliar um, with you because either they're not on Instagram or they're not following me because I've talked about you quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're <clears throat> wondering, what what is an evolutionary astrologer? So, uh, and again, just so everyone listening knows, evolutionary astrologer, master hypnotherapist, and spiritual life coach. Whew, you're a busy woman. But But what is an evolutionary astrologer? What does that mean? Okay. So the natal birth chart is a, an energy reading. It's a, it's a soul signature, of, uh, which is really just the map of the energy that you bring into this lifetime with you. And so my approach when I look at a natal chart is to read that energy and to look at the potentials of the energy that you're holding and you're carrying. Because from my perspective, you, the, the planets do not, affect us the planets are a reflection of our own energy and so the signature the natal map actually is showing you what your own energy signature is and within that potential of that natal chart you have a a potential to use the energy in lightness or in shadow and so this really gives you a lot of energy about and a lot of information about how you can evolve through this um, energy imprint And you'll come in with certain challenges that your soul has wished to experience in this lifetime. And so I act as a guide and a coach to bring forward the radiance of that energy and to use it effectively so that even if there are challenges that you may experience, that you understand how to navigate that energy and how to move forward um, in your own spiritual evolution. And so we also, I also look at not only just the birth chart, but I also look at transiting planets as they are occurring now to kind of give you an example of, um, you know, and some information about how the energy is coming in, is available for you because these are literally the planets are showing you the energy that's available to you that you're being activated within you at this time. And so it's really just sort of a guidance about how you can navigate that energy and use it to the very best of your ability. So I work with a lot of people that are deeply on a spiritual path, and I mostly work with people who are, what I find is that I attract a lot of people that are healers on some level. They're working in, in earnest toward their life purpose and toward their life mission. And so this tends to be the souls that I attract, and I really act as a guide and an ascension coach to help people to really focus on what that is and to really hone in on the spiritual principles that evolve you in the energy that's available. Goddesses, are you listening to this? I mean, this is an amazing thing. I had no idea personally what all it was that you offered with that specific title, I'm amazed. I I can't imagine that everyone out there listening doesn't want to jump on this opportunity. Uh, let me just go ahead and say, for those of you that are listening that are feeling the way I do and excited about what Lynette is offering, not only us as individuals, but really the world, the universe, but just thank you for bringing your light in, Lynette. This is amazing that you're doing what you do. But if you are listening to this right now and you're thinking before Lynette even gets started, you want to know more about her, well, go to her website, oracleofyoursoul.us, 
Um, you can find out everything that she offers there. You can get in touch with her that way. This is a good way to contact her if you'd like to set up, you know, an opportunity to meet with her regarding the services she just spoke about. And, again, that doesn't stop there. You're also a master hypnotherapist and a spiritual life coach, and then you offer just a, a, a wealth of information and all these services on your page, which, of course, I want to talk to you at the end of our show. But first, I want to get to this energy stuff that we're going to talk about today. I, I know that that's why people are really tuning in. And, and again, let me say before we go there, thank you for the light that you're bringing into the world, for all that you're offering, for the healers who are really in need. And you're, you're not only a healer yourself, but you're helping light workers, light warriors and healers who have a, a responsibility to the planet. They've come here for a purpose. You're helping them on that path. Thank you so much for that. I really greatly appreciate that. Um, Thank you. So let's jump in and, and tell us about this super blue blood moon, the lunar eclipse, everything that you know. What it, what does this mean for us? What what kind of energy is you know did this bring in and and so on? Okay. <clears throat> so the moon, we all okay. So let me just start with the basic premise that every astrology, every soul has a blueprint that includes all the signs and all the planets. So we are all of it. We encompass all of it. Even though you may identify with your sun sign and with your moon sign or ascendant, there's so much more. And this is what's actually really revealed in the natal chart. So the moon in astrology represents our emotions, our feelings. Um, It represents um, our intuitive nature, or how we relate to other people, our responses, our instincts. And <clears throat> it's actually also the storehouse of our memories and imagination. To me, the moon really represents our soul energy embodied in physical form. And so it is the part of us that we really instinctually connect with through our soul energy. So when you actually tune into the moon energy, you're tuning into higher of intuitive of your intuitive nature. And so when you actually follow the moon phases, uh, one of the things that I do is I offer classes on moon alchemy or moon manifestation. And I teach people how to use the moon energy and the moon phases for releasing and for um, claiming or um, setting intentions because the moon is the one energy, it's called a luminary. The sun and the moon are both luminaries in astrology. The moon, of course, moves every, around the earth every 28 days, and it'll go through each sign about every two and a half days. And so the moon is constantly moving. It affects our tides. It very much affects us as women in our cycles and in our emotional bodies because we're emotional creatures. And so... The basic energy of a full moon, which is what this is, is a time for release. So if you imagine that as the moon is cycling and there are these phases of the moon and you have the dark moon, which is when the sun and the moon are aligned and you can't see the moon, this is a period where the light is eclipsed in a sense. So the dark moon is always an eclipse in that sense of the word. And this is a time when we actually plant the seed. We plant the intention and we allow the seed to germinate between the new moon and the full moon. Now, when the, full, when the moon reaches its fullness, it sits, as you've set that intention, it continues to grow and you focus on that intention. And then at the moment of the fullness of the moon, 
um, the moon reaches its fullness, and then it begins to um, what we call wane and move away from its fullness. And so it's actually in a releasing cycle at that. Energy of a full moon okay. is always about release. Um, so this particular moon was especially potent because we have it, the, the moon occurred in Leo. It is the, it was an eclipse. It was a, a blood moon last night, meaning that the earth created a shadow on the moon, which created a red color. If any of you were really awake or saw that moon last night, it was absolutely magical and brilliant. It's always something to see. And yes, it's it was. an eclipse. Yeah, it's an eclipse even of its own. And so this actually is an eclipse. Eclipses happen all the time in astrology, even though we don't see them in that sense. But what eclipse does is it's a disruption of light. And this particular eclipse is closing a chapter and closing a book that was written and started back in August of 2017 when we had the great North American eclipse that happened around the 20th that big solar eclipse that happened. And so this energy, that solar eclipse happened in the sign of Leo, and this moon, of course, was in the sign of Leo as well. Now, this particular full moon last night was at 11 degrees. The sun is in 11 degrees Aquarius, and so we have this polarity that creates this full moon at 11 degrees. Now, I work a lot with numerology. And we had an amazing moon that occurred um, on the 1st of January in the sign of Cancer. And we also had, that was an 11-11 portal that opened up on that day. And when I talk about portals, I'm talking about energy that opens up within you. Um, There's a lot of stuff that's happening energetically um, with uh, light and energy and information that we are receiving from the earth. That's partly why we're kind of going through an awakening period, but the one, one full moon in cancer really was a beginning, a new beginning of different uh, new energy coming onto the earth and onto the planet. And we really anchored an 11, 11 code on that day. We had another opportunity to anchor the 11, 11 code on one eleven. Um, and when I'm talking about anchoring 1111 codes, I'm also talking about the year 2018. In numerology, 2018 reduces to an 11. Last year, <clears throat> we right. were in a 10 cycle. Right. And so 2017 was all about new beginnings. But this is actually an 11 number, which is a master number, which we don't reduce. So we're in a master number of 11 this year. And so we have had repeating patterns and numbers of an 1111 code 1111 is a manifestation number. And what that basically means is that anytime you see that or that synchronicity, you're actually aligning with your higher purpose and the higher energies of your soul that are coming in as guidance for you. So let me just preface this by saying that part of the awakening experience that we're having is that our soul, our higher self, is actually descending into our physical bodies and we are also ascending within that energy to meet our higher self and so there's a merging that's happening this is why we're experiencing the awakening this is why we're experiencing um, more intuition more synchronicities because we're actually having a spiritual experience this really got kicked off in 2012 when the Mayan calendar ended 
And we aligned in our solar system with the galactic center, which is our birthplace, which is our galactic sun. And this is why we receive a lot more energy. And so the planet is actually being awakened. That's a lot of that's a wow. lot of information. <laughs> oh, that's amazing yeah. information is what that is. I, I just got chills, which is always just my confirmation and the spirit. That's just amazing. I I love this. Uh, keep going. This 1111 stuff, too, is something I know we're going to touch on in a bit, but I've considered that a twin flame number, and I don't know if that's true, but that's certainly where I've been with that. But, but keep going. Keep giving us information. I can't get enough of this. Okay. So, yes, 1111 is a twin flame code. It's a code that a lot of people, and we'll talk about twin flames in a minute, but um, the 1111 is a code that gets activated within you, and that's why you start seeing 1111 when you start having a twin flame experience. Okay, so so full moons, full moons have this energy release anyway, but this energy last night was really special. This was a very rare event. So not only was this moon a blue moon, meaning that it's the second full moon in a calendar month, we had the first full moon in Cancer, um, which was on the first, and then we had this full moon last night. And so that's kind of a rarity. So it's actually, it was actually a blue moon plus a blood moon, which actually also indicated the end of this eclipse cycle. So this is a really big opportunity. And what was really interesting when I actually looked at the, um, the astrology, because um, I always kind of set my, my astrology map to kind of look at the Pacific Northwest in the Pacific time zone. I'm an hour behind that, but it's just easy for me to kind of gauge this on like Los Angeles. And so what I noticed is <clears> – <throat> that the moon at 11.11 today, Pacific Standard Time, actually aligned with the North Node. Now, this moon happened, it, it actually was conjunct on the North Node um, for, this, for the event that happened last night with this eclipse. Um, but what was really interesting was that at 11.11 Pacific Standard Time, the moon was exactly conjunct the North Node and that was amazing to me to actually see that that was occurring. There's so many synchronicities. So let's talk for a moment about what the North Node yeah. is in astrology. I use So when I work with clients and I'm working with um, determining a person's mission or their sole purpose, I'm looking at the North Node. Now, the North and South Nodes are actually just access points of the moon's elliptical orbit around the Earth. It's not really necessary to know the amounts of what that actually is, but what these denote is okay. your past life experiences, what you've come in with, with, other, with things that you've mastered, which is your south node. And then the north node really represents your destiny or where you're going. <clears throat> now, the reason why Leo is so important and so pivotal in this new energy that we're in is that the north node actually changed signs back in May of 2017. It used to be in the sign of Virgo, and the north node will stay, will stay in the sign around 18 months. So until May, it had had this Virgo-Piscean access where we as a collective consciousness, we were working on um, issues of victimization and healing. And so there was a lot of that happening. This is when a lot of people were actually having their awakening. They were in a lot of ascension symptoms, a lot of physical symptoms, a lot of emotional purging, emotional healing, a lot of things that were coming up. Then the energy shifted in August. And if you notice, if you kind of look back at that time in May, this is when the codes really started shifting and coming in about personal empowerment, self-expression, um, 
feeling or uh, energy about authenticity, um, sovereignty. This is when the energy really started shifting. And so we shifted into this Leo vibration. Of course, the big North American eclipse happened then in August. Um, so there were several things in Leo preceding that, including the 888 gateway, which happened on August 8th. It always right. happens yeah. at that same time. That's when we align as a planet with the sign of Sirius. And so that, that kind of set us up. And then we had this great North American eclipse, which carried this Leo vibration. And so this moon was really the end of the chapter, the end of that book. So whatever it was that opened up for you around that time of the great North American eclipse is actually coming to a close. There's some kind of closure that's happening with this eclipse that happened last night. So you still have the ability to work within this energy of the eclipse, even though you may have not been awake at the time to be conscious about it. You have the energy in the next 24 hours to really do some kind of, I like to do releasing ceremonies where I'm actually writing down what it is consciously that I'm releasing. Um, And that can be specific things or it can be qualities like I'm releasing a belief in lack or I'm releasing resentment or guilt or shame or whatever it is that you feel like is just no longer in the vibration that you're carrying. And there's different levels of vibration that we hold. So you can have a mental thought and think it. The next level of empowerment is that you write it down. You actually manifest it on into physical form by writing it. And then you speak it. So if you actually write it down and then speak it, that carries a very specific vibration. Our bodies are made of sound. And so actually speaking that through your fifth chakra is extremely empowering. It sends vibrations out into the universe, which makes your will known in a very specific way. And then um, I like to personally burn that paper and I like to read it out loud and yes. burn it. This, is, a, this yeah. is sort of a releasing ceremony. You guys have probably talked a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I like to burn it too, <laughs> and I like to burn a lot yeah. of sage while I burn it. Yes, I'm with you on that. Yes, yes, definitely. So this eclipse was really about the end of a cycle, the end of a period of time within your awakening that you are have been working through some of these issues, whatever sort of come up for you that you've been really either attached to or that you've been really noticing, this is the perfect opportunity now to be releasing what you've realized is no longer worthy of your vibration, what, what needs to be cleared in your vibration so that you can take the next step. Now, you really have the next two weeks to do this because we're going to be in a releasing period as the moon moves into its new moon phase on the 15th of February. That leads me to the next portal that opens up in just a couple of days, which is the 222 portal. So let's just assume that, yeah, let's just assume that 2018 is um, an 11. So we don't really reduce that number of 11. But if we were to reduce it, it reduces to a 2. An 11 always reduces to a 2. So when we look at it in that way, not only is 2018 carrying a vibration of 11, but it's also carrying a two vibration. The two vibration is an energy of duality, noticing the duality, which is in a sense the separation from the one individual into two. But it's also a twin flame number. So 
twin flames not only resonate with 11, but they also resonate with two. And so if you see the number 222 a lot or the master number 22, this is also carries a vibration of relationship. This is really a year of sacred union. And these codes have been coming in for a while. We've known that 2018 was going to carry a vibration of the two of the partnership number. And so the 2-2 gateway, which is February 2nd for 2018, which is a 2, carries a vibration of the 2-2-2 energy, which, you know, is, is, is a really um, potent number and is something just to pay attention to. So you can also kind of focus around that number on that day if you're about, um, you know, if, you're, if you resonate as a twin flame or if you're in relationship, you can kind of anchor these codes and ask specifically, um, you know, for that energy to come in and to really kind of focus, um, you know, what intention you're setting around that. Um, right. And then, of course, yeah, then the new moon, of course, comes in. Now, the new moon is actually, the new moon that happens on the 15th will actually begin the next eclipse cycle. So you've got between now and that February 15th new moon to really just sort of anchor in, you know, you're looking at what you're releasing and then you're going to be focused on at that, on that date, what you're setting your intention. And this is going to be another powerful pivotal time to be very clear about the intentions that you're setting on the 15th, because that kicks off another eclipse cycle. And it's this energy is very, Uh very powerful. So if you can kind of reorient your mental space, and your awareness into what it is that you really want to create in the next six months moving forward, this is a perfect time to use that moon phase energy to set that intention. Perfect. That's great. That's awesome. So we, this is a great time to manifest basically everything that we're really wanting yes. uh, to come into our life and to release. Now I do have a question for you because you were talking about the release stuff. I know I, I don't want to go backwards too far, but before we get too far ahead, I, I want to ask you this. So, you know, right now we're talking about the, for the next couple of weeks releasing things that don't really resonate with our energy anymore, that don't, that don't serve us anymore. Um, and, again, we always say this not with judgment. There's no judgment here, but this is just a time to release uh, things, including, you know, relationships, but just anything that's going on in your life that's just not resonating with you anymore uh, to, to let go of that and release it. Now, in that, I'm asking you if that means that because this was such a powerful and is such a powerful energy, uh, is it possible that a lot of people are feeling a lot of emotions or energies right now they're not really comfortable with because some of this stuff is surfacing for them that they need to be aware of and let go of and release? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me just go back a little bit and just say that um, because I want to make sure everybody understands this. The moon, the eclipse, the, the blood blue moon that we experienced was conjunct the North Node. So it's aligning with your destiny. So you're already in a process of these energies arising within you. It's naturally occurring. Whether you're putting your focus on a releasing ceremony or ritual, it doesn't really matter because whatever is coming up for you <clears throat> is being purged from your system. It's coming up so that you can look at it. Because you're wonderful. in a new vibration now. Yeah, you're in a new vibration now of stepping into your purpose because you're aligned with that destiny code, that, that north node. You, this is, you know, like we're really becoming very aware 
of what our purpose is. Now, if you don't know specifically what your purpose is, that's okay because sometimes that comes a little bit later. But yes, this is the, the, the release of this kind of a moon, especially with an eclipse like this, is going to stir up a lot of emotion. So a lot of people today may feel really unsettled, may feel very out of sorts, frustrated, at odds, impatient, these kinds of energies, because these, these negative energies are kind of rising up within you. And there's actually a deeper message here, and I really want to make sure that your listeners really understand this. If you feel like you've awakened in the last several years and you are oriented with that information and you're more aligned with the spiritual energy that's available and you've noticed that you've had some big changes in your life, you need to understand that as a soul present, you are literally here at this moment of time for what we call the ascension, which is this awakening. Um, your soul presence chose to come at this particular time because you hold certain codes within your DNA that are helping humanity to awaken. And so every experience wow. that you're literally having <clears throat> feels very personal, but really what you're doing is you're acting as a conduit to clear energy for the collective. That's why many of us are empathic because we feel the energy of other people around us but we really literally are clearing the energy for the collective. So you're already in a deep, deep service contract with your soul if you are awakened at this time. If you really think about it, as far as like all the billions of people on the planet, there's a very small percentage of people right now that are having this awakening experience. If you're aligned with right. that energy and that experience, you are a soul who's contracted to be here right now for this moment. And so everything that you experience and everything you clear out of your energy field, you're actually in deep service to the planet as you release that energy and as you get into more vibrational alignment with your spiritual energy. Wow. That gives me chills too. How beautiful is that? That's absolutely wonderful. I love that so much. It is wonderful. It makes me want to cry. That's <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Yes, it is. It's very good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you feel emotion about that because you there's something very deep within you that knows that that's true. Yeah, so oh, this that's is beautiful. Really how, yeah, awesome. so this is how I work with clients is that we just remember together the soul contract of what you're here actually to do and how you step forth in service because we're really here to – be in service to humanity. You're already doing that by having the, your bodily experience of the awakening. And a lot of people mm-hmm. are, you know, they're wanting to, to change their lives in some way. They're wanting to step into their purpose. They feel the urge to do that. That's their soul energy coming forward. And the purpose is always there. And it's, it's a lot more accessible than you might think. So that's just really kind of what I help people to discover because it's really the, the energy is there. It's present. When you feel that energy, when you connect with it, you'll know very specifically that that's exactly what your purpose is. And then that's a beautiful moment. Oh, I can only imagine. That's amazing. That's just absolutely, yeah. I love this. This is good stuff. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I know that you mentioned and touched on the twin flame codes. Now, speaking of um, having a responsibility to humanity and a contract there, can you tell us about that? Because I do know that that's something uh, with regard 
to Twin Flames coming in. I know that's something that's being experienced, especially with these, these situations where you talk about people feeling like they've had an awakening. Uh, a lot of those who have had are certainly experiencing that Twin Flame um, phenomena, I guess you would call it, of people coming in, mm-hmm. um, even maybe returning in, in ways, uh, walk-in stuff. I've, I've read a lot about that. So can you talk a little bit about that Twin Flame responsibility, what's going on there, and uh, how that affects us and 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 just what kind of situation we're in in terms of why that's happening why all of a sudden we're seeing people finding their twin flames or talking about that experience sure okay so i believe that every human on the planet is a twin flame because i believe that at some point in our evolution as we separated from the god source energy we were singular pillars of androgynous energy And as the energy separated off into genders, because we wanted, as God's energy, we wanted to experience that. Because that's all why any of us are here, is to experience, is to be experienced through God's energy. That's why we're having the experience that we're having, is for that energy to to have that experience. Okay, so um, the twin flame really is about the, the soul energy of one, um, splitting into two, two whole halves of gender identity. That's really what that's about. So I believe that everybody's a twin flame. Now, some people don't necessarily align with that because they're not encoded to actually have that experience. However, ah. if, you do, if you do align with the twin flame energy, it's because that's also a part of a contract that you have. You have a contract with that other soul who is your twin flame energy, who a lot of times throughout the history of your soul in different incarnations has been on their own path because it's having its own experience in different dimensions and different realities. But we have a contract in this lifetime to come together. And what that contract is with this, with this soul energy is to activate and and anchor the the codes of unconditional love this is what you're really working through and understanding Ah. through the twin flame paradigm like christed consciousness i guess is that christed consciousness absolutely thank you thank you for mentioning that yeah that's a very deep concept but that's exactly what's happening so ultimately the twin flame experience is not about the other person, even though it tends to be where we put our focus because we're, we're really patterned and programmed to always be in that state of separation. Um, but what we're really doing as a consciousness during this awakening is coming back into unity. So we're moving back into the unity consciousness, which li- honestly really, you know, eventually moves us back into oneness with God. So these twin flame pairs come together because it's a soul, a mirror of your own energy. And this is why sometimes these relationships can blow us out of the water. It's why we experience separation because we can't always hold our vibration in the other person's energy. We have to separate so that we can work on our own energy and our own spiritual evolution and then come back together to kind of see and negotiate where we're actually at. People are going to evolve in different ways. Um, the twin flame relationship or that paradigm doesn't necessarily guarantee or mean that you're supposed to be with that person. The other person, your twin, will activate within you the consciousness that needs to shift so that you can move into vibrational oneness as your own soul in the alignment with your own God source energy. 
It can be very confusing, ah. especially if you look at it as a romantic thing. That's not always the way that it presents. And it's not necessarily your destiny with your twin to have that experience, even though a lot of people do. So, so that isn't you, to say that it can't be a romantic thing, but that is to say that it's not always going to be. So you can't get that confused and think that that's what it, what it is all the time because it isn't always that. Right, right. So let me kind of explain. I actually have a lot of really good friends that are about my age. I'm 53. Um, I have These women are twin flames as well, and we all have this very common experience. Um, and, and really what it's about, where we are right now, those of us that have sort of been in this awakened state for a while and have been using this and working with this twin flame energy, we're all in a state right now where we are vibrationally in alignment really with our own sovereign energy, and we're not really about union anymore because we've achieved that union within. Now, what really I mean by that right. is that <clears throat> we each carry – masculine and feminine energy within us. And that's really what we're balancing through these twin flame relationships. We are understanding the, 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 the twin flame is just a mirror to kind of show you where you're at. So if you're in a state of blame or projection or you're looking at your twin and you're saying, well, he does this or he does that, that's actually something you need to look at because it's a reflection of the energy that you're holding. Okay, and so you you actually these experiences, these experiences actually bring you back to yourself continually. And if you're always in a state of projection and focused on the other person, you're really prolonging your own evolution through this process. And you can't get to union as long as you're in that projection of always trying to get there in sort of the old paradigm ways. So the focus is always on yourself. Where am I focused? Where am I working? Where am I in alignment? And so you really want to pay attention. Like when you're balancing these masculine and feminine energies within you, you really want to look, well, how am I carrying feminine energy? Am I loving? Am I open? Am I receptive? Am I nurturing? And then because for myself, I had to ask myself, I was a single mom for many years. I had to be a provider and, you know, be a protector for my kids. I was carrying a lot more masculine energy than I thought. And what happened with my twin was because I was carrying a lot of masculine energy, we, it set up this sense of an energy between us of competition because I was carrying a lot of masculine energy that he wasn't responding to. Right. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, I'm, yeah, I always felt like, oh, I'm really feminine, but I was too feminine. I was overgiving. I was overgiving while unconsciously I had this masculine energy of um, being, you know, assertive and aggressive and wanting to have certain boundaries instead of being open and receptive. And so I had to work on balancing my own masculine energy so that I was, instead of being aggressive or arrogant, I had to balance it with being assertive and creating healthy boundaries, which I didn't have. That's why I was overgiving. So you really, as you're balancing these masculine and feminine energies, it's not about the other person. You really want to pay attention to what's going on within you. And if you continue to bump up against certain repeating patterns with your twin, that's not about them. You need to look within to see how that pattern, how you're attracting that pattern and why you continue to experience that particular pattern. Ah, okay. So I have to ask you, in this process, when you were balancing this out, 
can you do that? I know the focus cannot be on the other person, but is it possible to do that with your twin? Is it possible to to work that through and and for each for for it to continue even though you're working on that? Is that possible? Sure, and I believe there are a lot of twin flame pairs that are being successful with that. But if you really look and investigate those pairs, they are very challenged in those relationships to maintain their own integrity and to um, really be, it's like the pillars of a temple. You know, Khalil Gibran talks about, and I don't know verbatim the poem, but he talks about how the winds of, of, you know, fate basically dance between you. It's, It's the pillars of a temple so that you're not merging. It's not about that. It's about standing within your own integrity, in your own alignment, in the vibration of the masculine and feminine energy, and you're not projecting anything onto your partner. You are completely in alignment with your own energy, and this is why we're working on sovereignty. This is why we work on authenticity. This is why we work on self-love, because we can't rely on our partner for anything. So if you're in a relationship with someone, with a divine masculine man who's awakened, and you're in a state of awakenedness, and you're both in that vibration of integrity and alignment within your own spiritual energy, yes, it's definitely possible to have a very healthy and balanced relationship with your twin. But this is what the twin paradigm is balancing. So you you get to achieve that state before you're actually going to experience the bliss and the harmony that comes with that. They can be very deep unions. But a lot of people don't experience that, haven't experienced that yet, because there's still a lot of balancing that's actually occurring. And I have it's to say, to so that's something I, I would, I guess I'm assuming uh, that's also something that people need to know that even if it is a situation where there is that twin flame, you know, happening, uh, not to focus everything on this topic, but uh, I know this is something that I'm interested in and I know a couple of my listeners are as well. So if that specific thing is happening and you have that twin flame paradigm going on and you're in a situation like that, it doesn't mean that it's going to be this, always perfect situation it's actually uh probably going to start really mirroring you and bringing things up that if there's anything left over especially maybe even during this release time that we talked about with the moon and the energy that's happening and the fact that we as a a planet are going through this um certainly if you're in a twin flame situation that would probably be very intense because you're both releasing and you're both trying to balance and you're both kind of mirroring and all of this is happening at once Right, right. So the vibration really that helps you align with the union that, that, you know, if you're interested in in union with your twin flame, of course, they have free will. So they need to be on some sort of vibrational agreement with that as well. But um, where you really know that you're ready for union with your twin is when you don't need them. Right. When you feel completely balanced within yourself, there's no... Yeah, there's no attachment to whether or not you're together. You love them. They are your energy. You love them unconditionally. When you've reached that level of awareness within yourself and there's no energetic or emotional pull to that person, you've reached a state of alignment that you're actually ready for sacred union. And that could be with your twin or anybody else. But twins are always going to activate within you your own spiritual evolution that to come during this particular time of the awakening or ascension, because we're anchoring unconditional love. Now this is about unconditional love for yourself too. Don't forget that. 
because it's easy to love right. unconditionally love your partner. Like we can go there easily, but do we unconditionally love ourselves? Are we in that vibration? That seems to be the more hard, the hardest um, shift to make is that unconditional right. love for yourself. Even when, even when things go wrong in the relationship or there are things that happen that you blame yourself for, we're here to actually get out of judgment. That's what this awakening is about is to end judgment of any kind. And part of the mo- the really the root and the core of what I do as an ascension guide and a coach is I really teach people how to practice self-love because self-love will heal you. It will heal these relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the shift that you make in your own vibration will shift your twin. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. So the more awakened twin oftentimes will awaken the other twin simply by the vibration that they're holding. This is why we do the work with ourselves first. Right. Exactly. That self-love is always key. I say that all the time that, you know, and I mean, this comes from long histories of even different fields that have nothing necessarily to do with spirituality. Even the field of addiction and recovery talks about how you have to love yourself first. You can't love anybody else until you love yourself. So that's just something that we've, we've all heard, but this is a time. It sounds like to me that you're saying that the planet is like, okay, yeah, you've heard it, but now it's, it's employed. <laughs> like we're, we're having to, yeah. in order to have unconditional love for others, we have to have it for, first for ourselves. And that's why we all have to do the work. And, and we're, it's being done. I mean, things are being released. Like you said, it's an energetic level. It's happening whether we choose it or not. Right, right. And so self-love, you're right, absolutely. It's core. And, and what I find mostly is that even really spiritually aligned and aware people don't really understand how to work with self-love and how to really do it. It's a practice that you cultivate. And a lot of people, you know, well, they'll say, well, I do love myself. Well, but really do you? Because when we do the investigation, you're not in self-love because people don't understand really what that means. Like, are you always in forgiveness for what you do? Do you, for example, let's say you're having a situation with a partner. Let's just say a twin flame. Something happens. There's a separation that occurs, and you'll go into sometimes, Um, guilt or shame about actions that you've taken in the relationship or you're in a sense of separation with them and you love them so much so your energy you know is always moving out from you your love energy is always moving out from you um, you know because you're wanting to share that love but what I always remind people about is that any love that you feel for other people for your partner for your twin flame for your children for your pets that's your love. We identify Aww. it as love with another person, like, oh, I love that person, and so you project that love onto them, but what you forget is that that's actually your love. That love is available to you to give to yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. And that, that's a beautiful thing to think about. Yeah, and it's such a small shift, but this is what people don't really associate with, is that they don't realize that the love that they all the love, all the ways that you love, and women are such big lovers. We love big and we love wide. And then we're often mm-hmm. hurt that we don't have love returned to us in the same way. And the reason why we have that experience is because we're not loving ourselves. When you actually change the vibration right. within you of self-love and you're loving yourself and you're paying attention, for example, to the one that loves your twin, when you're loving the one that loves your twin, then you're really onto something. You're loving her. Yeah. 
Right. Then everything, the vibration really changes because it doesn't matter what your twin is doing or a soulmate or a partner or anything. It doesn't matter because you love her. You love her as an energy. And it's very tender love. I mean, you really access that and you work with it. And one of the ways that I work with it most successfully is when I'm in an emotional process. If I'm feeling threatened or jealous or I'm feeling activated, by something that my twin has done or hasn't done. I love the one that feels that way. That centers me very quickly so that I'm not projecting onto him what I need from him, but I give it to myself. Well, that's great advice. I love that. That's, that's great advice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that actually, to me, deepens the concept of self-love because like you said, you can say, okay, self-care, self-love, and people think, okay, I love myself, and I'll go get a massage, or I'll get a pedicure, and that's taking care of me. But this is a much deeper concept of self-love, and the idea that when you love someone or something, like, you know, if you're loving your pets, like you said, the, like the way that I love mine, oh, my goodness, you know, and that love that I give to them, that's love that's there for me to give to me. And as, you know, a life coach myself, I often tell my clients to, Think about it in the terms of, I mean, if they're very nurturing, maternal, as we tend to be, you know, that goddess energy, that divine feminine energy, that uh, feminine energy alone, that nurturing sense about them, that they need to remember that there's an inner child, a child inside them. And if they can picture that child sitting next to them, you know, how would they treat that child? Would they be loving toward that child or would they be judgmental and harsh and critical and, you know, neglect that child and that child's needs? Um, or feelings, and obviously, typically, the answer is absolutely not. You know, I would absolutely love this child. Okay, well, that child is you. Now, love that child. Yes. You know, love, give that same compassion to yourself. So, I love that perspective of saying, you know, when you're in a situation where you're feeling that emotion, something's happened with your twin and your or your partner, and you're feeling that um, emotion, and rather than projecting it, you you simply give that love what you need to yourself and then center yourself and then you're able to really get, because that's the issue. That's, I don't want to say the issue, but that's really what's happening anyway is that something is being mirrored or surfaced. So if you're not dealing with you and you're focused on the other, you'll project. But if you're dealing with you and focused on you, then you'll center yourself. Correct. Correct. And, Really what this is showing, the deeper concept of this is unity, right? This is union. This is the union we're talking about with self. This is the only way you can really achieve union successfully with the twin is to be in union with yourself. So if you're separated, if you're separated from your, even your own energy or your own emotions, and it's, it's more than just take, it's more than just taking responsibility for your emotions. And it is deeper than self-care. This is a really deep love. One, one of the ways, and you're right, it is about childhood. It is about the inner child. The inner child is so much a part of that. One of the ways that mm-hmm. um, I like to talk to my clients about how this works is that there are aspects of you. So if you look at yourself as a woman, you know that there are different aspects of you. There are aspects that work out. There are aspects that love sex. There are aspects that work. There are aspects that are mothers. So there are aspects of us. If you look at these wounded parts of you as aspects and you love that woman, however she appears to you, whether she's a woman or a child, whatever the situation is, then you literally are, what this does when we do this, when we really pay attention to these parts of us that are wounded and we give these parts of us love and we can identify that, it calms our nervous system down. 
you'll notice that you have a vibrational shift within you that you're able to be more calm and balanced and you don't get into a deep, like wide swings of emotion and you're able to take on um, experiences as they come rather than react. You're in a more responsive state. But this is all about energy management. This is about you taking care of you and not expecting someone else to do that because as long as you're in that vibration, you're going to be disappointed because nobody's going to be able to love you the way that you need to love yourself. And so it's much, much deeper right. than self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's very true. It's much deeper true. than self-care. And, and, yeah. and that, like you said, that centering, that relaxation that you feel, that central nervous system calming down, um, I know from my own experience, I used to experience a great deal of anxiety and it had a lot to do with trauma from childhood and PTSD and such like that. But when I look at it from a spiritual aspect, what it really was is that I was absolutely disconnected from myself, absolutely separated from myself. I hadn't been taught self-love, didn't know how to love myself and, and didn't and, and was looking to everyone to fill that and had abandonment issues and all of that because of it. And I feel like that anxiety, you know, I, I've often looked back at my journey and all the counseling that I did and all the work that I did, and I never really could tell someone, you know, when that switch happened that I stopped having anxiety. But truthfully, what it was is that I started to love myself. And once I started mm-hmm. to love myself and connect with myself, then I wasn't separated from myself anymore and I calmed down. And I didn't have that anxiety or those abandonment issues anymore because I was in love with me. I had that love for myself. And that's what shifted. Um, right. And let and me so, say this before, yeah. we, before we keep going. Um, we have about five minutes before the show ends. And I told Lynette earlier, we always go over time. Uh, I want to let everyone know that if you are hearing all of this and you're like, wow, I want to continue to hear all of this. Okay, well, you can. Whenever the show's over and we continue talking, you're just going to go to the uh, – well, you're at the site now if you're listening to the show, but you can go close that off and go back to it and find the archive show because that's what you're going to be listening to. I'll also post it on our Facebook page. So make sure that you go there, facebook.com backslash girlpowerhalfhour, and you can click on the link, and you'll be able to listen to the rest of the show because we're going to continue talking here because this information is just too great, and I knew this was going to happen because I'm a huge fan and I wanted to hear it all. So. Um, I want to say, again, thank you all for listening. And, of course, remember next week, Elizabeth Harbin on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central, uh, that call-in number is 646-668-8327. You're going to want that for next week. And, again, if you want to continue listening, just go to the Facebook page, wait for the archive link. I'll share it there. Or you can click on it on the page and continue listening. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Lynette. Keep going because I want to hear more about this. I know that when you were sharing on Instagram, uh, you had a post that really – I've been watching your page for a while and looking at all the things that you post and all of the amazing things that you write. I was already very interested and had already become a fan and a huge follower here. But I caught one of your posts, um, one of your live feeds about this particular eclipse and the um, super blue blood moon that was happening. And you were talking about divine feminine energy. And since we're on Mm -hmm. this about self-love and we're on this about, um, you know, balancing out the feminine and the masculine, um, I remember that you were saying something about the divine feminine kind of stepping back um, Mm. because the Mm -hmm. divine masculine. Yeah, so if you could talk about that for a little bit. I I just kind of, I remember that talk and it was really intriguing and I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, great. Okay, so 
Um, what's been really interesting is that for, for eons now, millennia, we have been in patriarchal rule. And there's a lot of layers to this, and there's a lot of reasons why we've been oppressed and sort of in a, in a slavery. And I won't really get into the political aspects of that because it's a lot deeper than just politics. But there's a reason right. that the feminine was co-opted. Um, and so we've been in millennia of patriarchy rule. And women, of course, have been suppressed. And the feminine, um, because the pendulum always swings both ways, the, the, the feminine was definitely, um, it was time for her to resurface again to heal the planet. And <clears throat> we couldn't do the ascension because we're literally ascending with the earth, with Gaia herself. We're, we're bringing the planet mm-hmm. along into these ascension codes. And, and throughout the history of planets and ETs and galactic figures, we, people, you know, souls do this. So that's a whole other topic. But the feminine energy has definitely been suppressed. And so, you know, I can look back at the astrological times and the markers and I can say, oh, yes, this is, this is a, an indication that the feminine has risen. But what this is really about is this is about the feminine re-emerging into society and into the consciousness. And it's an energy that's rising. And so the Me Too movement, we had Jupiter move into the sign of Scorpio on the 10th of October. Um, Scorpio is the truth teller. Scorpio is the, uh, uh, excuse me, Jupiter is the truth teller. He is the expansion of wisdom. And so once Jupiter moved into Scorpio, everything that was secret and hidden and uncovered had to be revealed. And this, of course, was when the Me Too movement really took off. And we started all of the secrets and all the little dirty stuff started really coming forward. And we're going to see more and more of this. It's going to get disturbing, but it's stuff that we need to look at. Part of this reason why is because we've needed to, as a planet, as a consciousness, we've needed to rebalance this feminine energy. So as it rises, things really come to the surface. Now, as a consciousness or as a person with a consciousness, you're also experiencing this feminine rising energy within you. All of us are, not just women, but men. Men are experiencing their own feminine rising within them. And Men have also been victims of this slavery, of this oppression, this patriarchy, because they've been told they can't have any feminine expression. They can't express their emotions. They can't appear weak. They can't talk about their feelings. They can't connect in intimate ways. It's really, in a way, it was, they were co-opted as well to keep them from the feminine mm-hmm. energy, which is very wise and very creative, They've been taught that, no, they're the creative ones. They're the ones that actually put all the good stuff out onto the planet. And that's not how that is. Feminine energy actually is the one that creates. She's the genesis. And then men take take that energy and shape it and put it into the world. So they've been lied to as well. So Mm -hmm. as this feminine energy rises, it's part of the awakening. It's part of the ascension. It's been happening really in mass since 2012. So the feminine energy rises, they're feeling it. We were the the divine feminine was actually on the forefront of the ascension. We actually went first through these waves because we were really ready. We were really ripe. And because it was feminine energy, there was a part of us that really responded to that. And so we awakened much quicker than our masculine counterparts. 
they are awakening on their own timeline, but they, this is an uncomfortable situation for them. Now, we all know certain divine masculine men that are very balanced in their feminine and masculine energy, and we love them, right? These are the men that are very sensitive, that love children, that are very good fathers. Um, they don't mind doing housework. They're very, their counterparts. We all know men like that. But for the most part, a lot of men really struggle with these concepts. And so they're having their own awakening experience while trying to get along in the world. And it's very disorienting for them. So what I was talking about in that particular um, broadcast was about women because we, as women, in this old energy, we've been taught to sort of project our love energy because we're such loving creatures. We push it out from our bodies. And we create men who we run after we create you know the runner that's a that's a very great twin flame you know word catch word is a lot of men actually run in these situations so what's really interesting is that you have a runner and then you become the chaser because you're pushing your love out because you're trying to get something from them they can't handle that energy because they're they're so overwhelmed with their own energy they're wanting to open up to receive energy and so when you're pushing it pushes their energy farther away from you this is why you have the experience as a twin as a runner and a chaser but what you really need to understand is that when you are running and they're they're when they're running and you're chasing you're both running right oh oh that makes sense Okay. Yeah, because you're so, running to chase and they're running away. <laughs> exactly. You're running from your own sense of empowerment and that you don't have any reason right. to run. You're completely worthy right where you stand. You don't need right. to push your energy out away from you to receive the energy that is your birthright, that you're worthy of. So when yes. you stand in yourself and in your own confidence and in your own feminine power and energy – and you lean back or you stand firm with where you are. It's not about a boundary, but you're just not chasing. You're not pushing your energy exactly. out. You're holding it within you. Now, what this does energetically, because everything now in this new paradigm that we're in is about energetics. And so as you stand firm in your own energy, you become a magnet. Because what happens is when you're no longer running after them, and you're standing in your own energy, it creates a void that they feel. Then you become right. the magnet and they come and they come back because they, they miss right. your energy. There's a void there's a void that they feel. This is why it's so mm-hmm. essential that you become balanced in your own energy and that you're not pushing that energy out. You're a conduit for love, nurturing, caring, beautiful, life giving energy. But you don't need to push it out from you in order to get it. In fact, the, the way that you really get it in the most beautiful sense is when you stand firm in your own energy, in your own worth, and you attract it to you. So when you really shift the paradigm and you become the magnet, you magnetize all good things to you, including abundance and relationships that will feed and nurture you because you're feeding and nurturing yourself. Wow. Well, let me just tell you that as you say this, that you are the magnet and I am steel songs running through my head. Uh, But I also just, you know, want to say that that specific analogy, just the fact that you create yourself as a magnet, 
you know, we this is obviously Awaken the Goddess Within. I, I obviously always refer to goddess energy. And one thing that I know with my own self and coming to love myself is I have been able to focus and hone in on that goddess energy and to say to myself, I am a goddess. I am deserving. I am divine feminine. I am deserving. I'm, those, you know, mantras that you give yourself, those positive affirmations that you give yourself and that you feel that, you know, that you put that out as your intention and that you feel that. And it, it is absolutely true that when you are in that, there is nothing that's going to make you give up. Your, when you are you vibrating in your energy field and it is that high vibration, you know, you're raised your vibration, you're in that high vibration, that feels good, that energy feels great. You don't resonate with anything that's negative or low energy. You don't want it around you. And really it gets to a point where, at least in my experience, that when you are doing that, not only are you, like you said, a magnet and attracting that because you're in your own energy and they would feel that, but you're also, in terms of that self-love, you are not willing to, I mean, there's unconditional love that you obviously have for people and you can hold space for someone even if they're no longer in your life, you know, that you hold space for them and their journey and, and so forth and so on. But in terms of having any negative energy in your space or wanting to chase someone, you're absolutely not going to because it doesn't resonate with your energy to do that because you're a goddess, you're divine feminine, you know what you deserve and you know what you have to offer and you know what you're giving yourself and so you don't need, you may want someone in your life, but you don't need them. There's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all have desires. Desire is our God source energy. God creates through desire, that's right. through desire and imagination. That's how we are the creators. So it's okay to have those desires, but you're absolutely right. When you're resonating in the confidence of your own energy and you know what you're worth, this is why we practice self-love. When you actually know what you're worth, there's no, it comes to you. It comes right. to you. We've all right. had the experience in relationships where we have experienced that we haven't been able to get from our partners what we really need, whether it's our love language or whatever. Um, and that's because there's that, that relationship is showing us something that we're not giving ourselves. Once you actually mm. flip the switch and you give the things to yourself that you notice that you are requesting others to give you, because you'll have an experience where you are asking for your partner to give something to you. You'll, you're trying to communicate to them what you need, and they're not giving that to you. Now, here's I, I don't want you to get confused. It's not that they're... It's not that they're not doing anything wrong. It's just that you need to pay attention to how you need to give that to yourself. Your partner's going to do what they do. And then at that point, you make the decision. When you actually practice self-love right. and you get very, very, very secure and very confident in who you are and what you deserve, all the decisions in your life become very easy because you'll be able to see very clearly what relationships are worthy of your energy and time and what relationships aren't. Because that person's going to show right. you exactly where they are. Right. And so, so let me clarify on this mm -hmm. because, right, because I, I want to make sure that listeners understand this too because I, and, and that I understand it. But I think what you're saying is that, like you said, you can have a situation where your partner isn't giving you something. Now, you can speak your needs, obviously, because that's part of self-love, being able to communicate what it is you need in a relationship, knowing that you have rights in a relationship, knowing that you have the right to have those needs and to speak them. And then let's say your partner 
uh, it addresses that, like is very receptive to that. However, it continually, you continually have to ask for it. It's like they keep forgetting to do it. Even though it isn't intentional on their part, it's not like someone that's being abusive or something like that. It's simply someone that, you know, is receptive and is listening and is hearing you and is, is wanting to give you that. But if you notice that pattern, then it's really more about, let's say, in a situation where it's your twin or let's say in a situation where you're just in a, in a partnership where that partnership maybe is a soulmate that is also acting as a mirror, then that situation is, is mirroring something that you're not giving yourself. And so in a situation that, that you see a pattern, then you need to say, okay, what is the universe trying to tell me? Like where am I not? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not giving this to me. And this is coming up as a gift. Because once I start giving this to me, I bet you I'll see him give it to me too. Because I'm not giving it to myself and I need to start there. That's what that's what this right. is about, right? It is. It is. Awesome. Or it actually sometimes looks like, oh, I give it to myself and therefore I no no I no longer need an exterior experience. Need it. It. And so even if right. they're Right. right. Even if they're not giving it to you, you've fulfilled the need. And so you can stay with that partner without them actually showing you the evidence of it, but you don't need it from them because you're giving it to yourself. And so this is a conscious relationship we're talking about. You know, this right. is the ability to have those conversations, but you're being personally responsible. Now, one of the, one of the energies that we're in, and you maybe um, were able to catch this live feed that I did as well on Capricorn. Saturn is now in Capricorn. So Capricorn energy is about personal responsibility. This is an energy that is a collective energy that we're all going to be working in for the next two and a half, three years about being personally responsible. This is what we are talking about just now is being personally responsible for your own energy, for your own self-love. You're not looking around for anybody else to give you that. You're actually establishing at this point in time Firm foundations. If you found yourself through Saturn, through Scorpio, which was the last three years, that your foundations have crumbled and that you do not have certain things in your life or relationships that you had, um, it can feel very disorienting. But Saturn in Capricorn is now reestablishing and building new foundations. So you get to just trust that the new foundations are coming in, but that is a foundation firmly rooted in self-love and self-worth and personal responsibility. How are you personally responsible for the energy around you? You're not a victim in any way. Right. So you really just want exactly. to pay attention. Yeah, you really want to pay attention to what's in your energy field. If you're in a consciousness of projecting your problems or your issues out onto another person, it can be, um, it can, you have to use discernment because, um, you can unconsciously project, and then that's another story, but you can also be so firm in your wanting to be a goddess and you're creating boundaries that you are almost in a more masculine state. So it's really a fine balance. Right. You've always got to be tuning in because there's, you know, Kelly right. is, a, is a real thing. The goddess Kelly is a real thing where there's a lot of fierce energy that will literally push things away. So there is a fine balance, but if you really start with self-love and you really nurture this aspect of you and you love the parts of you that are in pain and that need, that's the best place to start because generally all things flow from there and you'll be able to see very clearly those relationships and those things which just aren't in alignment with you anymore. And this is really when a lot of times the purpose comes in powerfully because I can bet from what you said that 
once you actually practice the self-love that through that wound, you became a healer yourself. And that's probably what the impetus was for you to become a coach. Is that right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. A coach and, and so many things that all focus on healing others. Absolutely. Yes. I'm what they call a wounded healer in the psychology field. Mm-hmm. So yes, absolutely. That's what it is. Me too. Yeah, me too. And so this is why we practice self-love because we, right. we can't be actually step into our purpose until we have some sort of healing because the wound is there to serve us. The wound is there um, as a soul. The wound is really not, it's not attached only to our physical form. It's not a soul presence. We're not wounded as souls. We have the experience as a human as being wounded, but we have that personal experience so that as a soul, we can step into healing others because we have compassion and empathy in another right. soul that's in front of us. We, we know how to offer healing because we've had the experience. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly it's For the longest time, uh, you know, in that, in that situation, I also had to be careful not to, you know, take all of it home because that, that empathy, as you know, um, you can certainly, you don't protect yourself and you don't have, you know, the self-love comes in there too with the boundaries and all of that because it was a situation initially where I took it all home because, you know, I wanted to heal everyone because I could feel it. I could feel all of it. But absolutely, that's mm-hmm. exactly where I was. And, and to this day now, um, you know, that's uh, still the, the thing that fuels it, you know, and will and, and we'll always fuel it as I'm sure is the same for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Through this awakening, as I talked earlier about that merging with our higher selves, what's really happening mm-hmm. is our intuition comes online. These higher abilities, these higher skills are starting to come through our consciousness. We are literally becoming spirit guides for our physical bodies. That's really what's happening. And so yeah, as that's we cool. as conscious yeah, as we as conscious beings step into service, like you or I step into service and we're healing others, we're healing them so that they can do this for others. It's a self-perpetuating cycle. But we're literally becoming spirit guides for our, our own personal energy, for our bodies, and we're learning to be guides. This is the next evolution for us. When we actually graduate from physical form, we're actually learning to be spirit guides. And so we're in training, really, at oh, this time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. We're that multidimensional actually, that beings. Makes, yeah, that makes sense of a, a dream I had <laughs> not too long ago where I was in a, in, a, in a school of some sort where there were angels around me, uh, but they weren't like, you know, winged angels. I mean, they were just, I, could, I knew that, like I recognized that they were because I saw a seal that they were wearing on what looked like what I could only compare to, you know, like I'm in a doctoral program. When you graduate with your degree, you walk and you're hooded and all that. And you have the, that's exactly what they were wearing, basically like cloaks, but they had these mm-hmm. seals on them and they were walking around in what was like a, you know, a university or a school or something. And maybe that's what that mm-hmm. was about. It was like, yeah, you're in training. So here we are. We're all training right now. That was, that's really cool. Yeah. Didn't expect that. Yeah. Thanks, the, Lynette. <laughs> yeah. The, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. The thing that's really cool about understanding that, understanding that, that paradigm, that, that shift in consciousness is that <clears throat> even angels, okay, anything that you feel is a separation, like an angel or a spirit guide, is actually just an aspect of your higher self. 
you you see it as a separate being from yourself because that's what we do. We're in separation. But really, any sort of angelic presence, any intuition, any spirit guide, even all that those clairaudient messages that you might identify with as being angelic messages, they're actually your higher self. You will go through a period right. of time in this awakening and ascension where you'll be asking for maybe spirit guidance or angelic guidance, and it stops. It becomes very quiet, and you're like, oh, wow, what did I do? How did I mess this up? No, actually what's happening is you're reorienting to your own higher self. And then once you have that clear channel, then everything really changes. But it's a very subtle vibrational shift once you understand that you're really coming into alignment with your higher soul energy. And that's right. Then wow. The, then the guidance that... becomes, yeah, then the guidance becomes very clear. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's, that's what that is. And that's well, that makes sense of a lot of things as well. So whenever you're, receiving the information uh it's actually like you said coming from your higher self you're receiving it in that way and seeing it or hearing it um as separate like you said like different angels or different names or whatever but it's actually a part of you that's right that's exactly right that's super cool yeah 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 and so it's really (laughs) sort of yeah, it's really it's really kind of cool to really have that awareness and to have that and to have that consciousness. Now, another thing that I want to mention before we run out of time is that in this new paradigm, we are literally everything is counterintuitive. Everything is different and upside down than how it's been in this 3D matrix. We're learning how to be in the fifth dimension. The fourth dimension is a heightened intuition the synchronicities kind of started happening on the fourth level. But in the fifth dimension, everything is really instant manifestation and everything is different. So where we used to um, like have an intention and we'd make a vision board or we'd think about it or we'd just try to stay positive, it's a little bit different than that. Actually how it is now is that in order to really manifest, we get into the vibration but different, the, the, the paradigm's been flipped in the sense that we actually have to take the step. We actually have to step off the cliff in order for the road to rise up to meet us. So many times people want to pursue their passions. They want to pursue their purpose. But they're waiting for something, some security to establish itself and to manifest in their physical reality that's going to allow them to step on that path. That's not how it is. How this new energy actually unfolds is that you align with your energy, you align with your desires, you align with your passion, you get really solid in your own self-love and energy, and then you take the step. Once you take that step and you take that risk, the road appears, and it's almost like the fool in Tarot where you just step off the cliff and the road rises up to meet you. It can be very scary, but when you really understand that you are leading this ascension. You are leading this awakening. You've got no handlebars to hang on to. You literally are creating a path for others who are awakening behind you. And so you have to take the steps first in order for right. the manifestation to appear. And that's a confusing wow. energy that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. 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 And, and something, too, I'm sure that, like you said, it can be very if not scary, unnerving, the idea that you, it's kind of like the ground isn't, like you're not grounded, like the ground isn't really underneath you because you are doing something that has yet to be done, at least in, in this lifetime, in this situation. And so it's something that you're not familiar with. But like you said, you just have to have faith and trust 
because because yeah. you have you have that contract in your soul. This is something that you've contracted to do, so you can trust that it, you're, it's going to the road is going to come up and meet you because this is part of the plan. Right. Most of the time with my clients that I work with, they already have an idea of what their vision is, what their purpose is. It's the thing that they think they can't do. That whatever in their life is showing up because they're fearful or they don't feel like they're going to be supported by it, that's usually, but it's there and it's a very deep passion and purpose that they wish they could do, but they have done other things because it's been a safer route. That's exactly the thing that you should be doing. That nine times out of 10 is exactly the purpose and the mission, but it's not accessible. You actually have to make the decision. You have to be the one that supports you and that decision. And that's the energy that we're in. This is so much why I talk about you've got to make the decision. You can have the intention, but magic is really about, you know, when I teach how to work with magic, magic is really setting the intention, but you've got to have the action behind the intention. You can't just say, oh, I have an intention to to follow my life purpose and my life path. No, you've got to put an action behind it. You've got to take a step. You've got to be willing to risk And in these new energies, if your purpose and if your sole mission is to actually be in deeper service and to follow that path, life will actually evict you if you wait long enough in an energy that's not supportive to your mission, it will evict you. It will evict you out of relationships. It will make you homeless. It will create a lot of uncomfortable situations until you're like, okay, I surrender. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I am a... (laughs) I am proof of that. I actually had an experience like that, it being in a house actually too long in a situation where energy in the home was of my past and I was not letting go of my past and I wasn't letting go of relationships that were tied to the things that were in the home. And uh, it, I was in there, I think, probably a decade and um, literally it got infested with brown recluse spiders and I was mm. evicted out. I, by by mm. by earth elements <laughs> literally these spiders kicked me out because it was such a bad infestation worse than anyone in the city had seen the the professionals that came to deal with it not i was a rental so was, the house was mm. uh someone else's but they they were saying you can't live here anymore and i also couldn't take any of my stuff which you know a lot of people questioned well why couldn't you take the little things and you know why why I understand you couldn't take the mattresses or whatever but I knew I knew it was I knew what it was I knew it was God saying get out I knew it was time mm-hmm. to let go of all of it and if I took even one item you know I was still hanging on so it was like let go yeah. move on Time. And it was an absolute eviction. You're absolutely right. I was evicted. <laughs> yes. It was time to yes. move on and it, forward. Yeah, and how uncomfortable is that experience, right? And I think that's really interesting. Um, I work a lot with spirit animals and spirit guides or um, animal guides. <clears throat> spiders about creativity. So those spiders that yeah. showed up were literally showing you where that you needed to step into your own creativity. Where and you must have been go. able to do that. Yeah. Well, and you must have been able mm-hmm. to do that because you left with nothing. You had to literally right. <laughs> recreate everything in your life. That's beautiful. Yes. I had to spin a new web. Yes, absolutely. It was It was honestly a beautiful experience. Now, I can't tell you that at the time I was thinking it was so beautiful, but, I mean, I was yeah. able to look at it even when it was going on for what it was. 
but mm-hmm. you know, I a lot surfaced and a lot was released, and so I wasn't the friendliest person to be around for the first three months of that. But then, whenever it was, yeah. you know, when it came through, I knew what was happening, and I also knew there were other things that were going to need to go as well. And uh, mm-hmm. that's I know is is happening right now for people. Back to this energy of the release of the moon, the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. idea that. You know, there are things that are holding on to you. You have to make sure that you love yourself and that you you are everything that you need and that your things mm-hmm. don't own you uh, because mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that along with that being evicted, like you just talked about, and, and moving on into your life purpose, letting go of things that are no longer energetically uh, resonating with you is absolutely necessary. Uh, moving things out, even if it's something that's like, well, that's a family heirloom and something that I just absolutely couldn't imagine getting rid of. If it's that much of an attachment, <laughs> you know, like it really, I, and I understand that from a perspective of that's what was going on with me. There were things that I was not letting go of because they belonged to my family, but I needed to let it all go. And if it's something yeah. that is, you know, not resonating with you, it's not bringing good energy into your space, it's not bringing, you know, good chi, however you look at it, into your space, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times people, to stay safe and to, stay, to sort of experience security, they want to keep both feet, you know, one foot in one world and one foot in another while they make that transition. And, it, and if you catch it at the right time, if you have the right timing, you can do that. There can be an overlapping of energy while you're creating the new, mm-hmm. the new experience that you want to have. But sometimes if you wait too long and you hold on too tightly, you will be evicted and you won't be able to actually hang on to both because you'll be wanting to keep one foot in each dimension and it will never work. You'll always be frustrated because you're trying to do something that just isn't actually possible for you to do. So that's why it's really important that you, you know, that you do release. And this isn't, you know, it's really a fine line because, part of this releasing isn't about, well, screw this. I'm going to just release everything and put up a boundary. <clears throat> no, we mm-hmm. have to keep our hearts open. We have to keep our hearts right. open. We have to keep it, whatever you let go of, let go of with love and thank it exactly. for showing you mm-hmm. what it needed to show you, whether it's a relationship or a thing. Most light workers that I know Absolutely. that are really on a high level of service right now, like you and I, we've lost everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally right. started Absolutely. over at some point. That's the yeah. only way the abundance yeah. really starts to come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you understand yeah. what I'm talking and you're about. Ab- <laughs> yeah, well, and you're absolutely right about the, the idea of letting go with love. And that's something that, you know, mm-hmm. for the longest time was very difficult for me to learn because the self-love was missing. And even when I had the self-love, I was, like you said, uh, and even now I have to balance out my masculine a lot because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I always caring for myself and being independent you do tend to like you said be you you are taking both roles so you end up even though you may love a lot you may be very nurturing to your animals and you may be very caring and compassionate you can also be extremely masculine in many ways and have those masculine energies that overpower um Mm -hmm. and i know that i have to do that and so it was very difficult sometimes for me to not set these boundaries of you know, I keep thinking about um, that little meme that goes around that's, you know, I am a femi- delicate feminine flower, you know, just a uh, <laughs> Xena warrior princess. That's that's exactly kind of, I mean, people even use that to describe me quite often because that's exactly how mm-hmm. I would be, you know. And it's it has been a learning process, uh, the idea of letting go with love. And that's something that I've 
over the last year had the experience of doing, and I can't tell you how freeing that that experience Mm -hmm. is when you can let go of something and not harbor resentment or judgment and Mm -hmm. not wish ill on someone and just really be, you know, thankful and grateful to the teachings, to the lessons, to the teacher, you know, like just letting go of that and, and like I said, holding space in the sense that, you know, you know that they're on their journey and, and that, you know, this was a lesson for both of you that this happened for that reason. That's all a beautiful process and such a different experience mm-hmm. for me. And I've really been grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's yeah. an important message to let go with love. Yeah. Well, we all have soul contracts. We're really not in victimization in any way. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Right. They want to call that spiritual bypassing. But there is a level above that that really is per, it's, it's empowering and it's about personal responsibility. And so when you really understand that at some soul level you needed to have that experience, you're in contract with that person for that experience, it does give you a certain amount of emotional detachment that you can approach that with self-love. And when you have absolutely no energy attached to it, you can truly move on. Yeah. So everything you described Absolutely. right there, it is really about truly moving on. But if you have any kind of an emotional detachment, whether that's sadness or grief or anger or resentment, that's an attachment that's going to keep you attached to that thing. And then you become a slave to that thing, even though you're trying to get rid of it. And that's resistance. That's right. a whole other topic. <laughs> right. right. Oh, and speaking of other topics, man, I could just talk to you for hours. We could be on here forever. I, I do want to to say thank you so much for doing this, for being on the show, and I hope that you will come back and give more information because, like I said, I could talk to you for forever and get so much information. And I know the listeners would want to hear so much more, so I hope that's in the cards here, something that you'd want to do uh, because I would be absolutely honored to have you back on in the future. I would love to do that, yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, well, let me let everyone know again how to how to get in touch with you, how to check out your site, get more information about you, learn more, and possibly contact you to set something up to receive any of these amazing services that you offer. It's www.oracleofyoursoul.us. And you can also go to Instagram and find Oracle of Your Soul there. Follow Lynette Duncan there. And you can, again, contact her via the website, and you can look at all the many services that she offers and get in touch with her and possibly set up something to receive services from her. Um, send us a message, facebook.com backslash power half hour, and let us know how you felt about the show today, what information you thought was uh, truly exciting. I know I have been taking notes through the whole show, so um, I've been super excited about everything that I've learned and all that was shared. And I also want to know what more you'd want to know about. Is there something that Lynette touched on today that you'd like to hear more about? Or would you want her to talk about numerology more? There's so many things that she does and that she offers. There's so many things that she could talk about on the show, and we could have just one show for one of those things and have her on multiple times, which would be awesome. So let us know what you think. Uh, otherwise, thanks so much for listening. And again, Lynette, thank you so much for being on today. I really can't say that enough. I appreciate everything that you do and all the light you bring into the world and all the light you brought to me today and all the listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to really just quickly um, mention that I do offer a biweekly free newsletter that goes out with an astro energy update. I talk about all things astrology. That's free to you. So if you're interested in that, just email me and I'll put you on my list. 
Oh, absolutely. That's wonderful. And they can email you via that website, correct? They can contact you there? They can, yep. Yeah, or they can contact okay. me through Instagram as well. I'm upgrading website stuff so that I actually have a, but that hasn't come online yet. So that's the way to reach me now. So thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank oh, you so awesome. much for this opportunity. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wonderful. Then we will set up a time to have you back. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget to tune in next Wednesday, Psychic Wednesday with Elizabeth Harbin. Thanks. Have a wonderful rest of the week. <laughs> 